Aloha Maui Nui. Hey, this is Josh Porter here. And Jason Burkhardt. How you doing? Welcome to the Solar Coaster. What are we? 51 now. Episode 51. This is <laughs> 51. finance. We're doing finance. We're doing Wall Street. We're talking about where this money comes from to money, finance money, money, your money. solar system. Uh, very excited about this. we got a great guest. His name is Brendan Keene calling in uh, from Dividend Solar, a wonderful company that we've worked with in the past on the Maui Solar Project side of the fence. Um, but yeah, this is a really important show, Jay. You know, uh, where does the money come from to make solar work for all of these installations? Well, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it goes everywhere from your homeowner up to large commercial installs. They need to find uh, financing capital to actually build these things. I mean, some homeowners have a decent amount of cash and can use it. Uh, a lot of folks don't. And where do you, where do you go to get that kind of get that kind of money? Right, right, right. And we went right to the source, right to the bull. Yep. Right to Wall yep. Street. We got a we got a yep. we got a lawyer, uh, yep. a, a financial analyst, an investment <laughs> we got a banker. Before we talk to anybody, <laughs> he's he's ready to go. He's raring to go. Uh, really looking forward to talking with Brandon uh, to learn yep. all about how uh, this system works. Uh, so uh, let's uh, let's get started. Go right into our housekeeping. Jump into news and events, and then we'll frame this whole thing up. Okay, what do you say, Jay? Sounds like a plan. All right. So we are the Solar Coast. You can hear us right here. We're in lovely Maui County. Fridays at 1:05 p.m. Uh, Kaoi 11:10 a.m. is our home station. Rounding out 51, we're almost on our 52nd episode. We've been doing this for about a year now, about. Yeah, right? yep. uh, 96.7 FM Central Maui, 96.5 FM Westside, 98.7 FM Upcountry. Call-ins are welcome. 242-7800 is the call-in line. That's 242-7800. We do have a website. We do our best to keep it up and running. How's it looking, Jay? Website's up there at uh, www.solar-coaster.com. I looked at it this morning, so I know it's online. Awesome, awesome. Better <laughs> you, can, you can you can you can go there if you, if you can't if you can't pick up any of the radio stations. Uh, go to the website, click on the listen live link. You can get right to us and, and get your phone on streaming. Uh, you also have um, all our previous shows, all fifty of our previous shows all now right. um, out there <laughs> out there out there on the website. Nice. Um, so you, if you have a specific interest in another topic that we've discussed all that content is always up there scroll down the bottom if you can't call in or if you just want to say hey uh, give us a shout out uh, that you can sign up for a mailing list down the bottom or submit yeah. a question so just Definitely. scroll down the bottom of the page fill in your information and you're good to go it's a useful website we're going to be doing some updating soon I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll tell you what it is it is pretty amazing in some respects because well, it no longer looks like you right, <laughs> right. <laughs> it is pretty interesting because you know I was having a meeting with one of our uh, with our sales team the other day and and a new salesman, his name's Laurent, uh, you know, said, hey, where can I get acquainted with this information? Uh, and I was like, he's like, is there some online tutorial? Do, and I said, we have a radio show. Just go to the radio show and start on one, <laughs> you know, because we yep. basically covered the stuff that's happening out here, the kind of cutting edge stuff that's going on. And, and I really don't know. I'm sure there are other sources, but I think it does a decent job of it. So, uh, we, yep. you know, in order to make all that work over the course of the last year, we've had a great stable of company uh, sponsors, Maui Solar Project, Tabuchi Electric America, Sonam Battery, Pika Energy, and Sundrum Solar. And these guys are doing some amazing work out there. Uh, just to give uh, MSP a little bit of a plug here, uh, I'm putting on my MSP hat. Our QKC, uh, Queen Kaumanu Mall uh, kiosk is, is up and running, and we've got some uh, great uh, kind of new things happening out there. Rumor has it it may be solar-powered in the future, some solar panels up on top of the kiosk oh, that'd be fun. in the nice. mall. And uh, we're going to actually have a, uh, uh, a Tabuchi electric uh, inverter, you know, full-size real kind of thing, and the batteries there so you can see and touch and play with it. Uh, Oh, wow, yeah, they're going to let you do that. Well, yeah, they, 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 supposedly. And uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to convince everybody. I was like, it's too big, Josh. It's too big. I'm like, it's not too big. It'll fit perfect. It'll fit perfect. So that's pretty <laughs> exciting. 
Uh, a lot of cool stuff going on. Uh, rumor has it we're going to bring the uh, solar trailer out as well to a couple of events. Uh, keep your ears open. Keep your eyes open for that in the future, next couple of weeks. Um, what else we got going on? We got podcast, Jay. Yep, uh, we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you are available, you prefer to get your news from podcasts. We're on there. Just uh, touch in pipe. What a type in Toller Coaster, and we pop right up. You'll see our logo. <laughs> yeah, get, yeah. Please check it out on the podcast. So let's go right into our news and events. Jay, we've got a lot to cover. Um, yep. Tons and tons to talk about today, so we're going to go fast. Um, China is installing a bewildering and troublesome amount of solar capacity. Um, this is something we talk about a lot. I mean, China keeps popping up in our news over and over and over again. Uh, but numbers are out for the first quarter of 2018, and China's installed about 10 gigawatts of solar capacity. What the in, heck is a gigawatt? In, 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 <laughs> in the heck, what the heck is a gigawatt? Well, <laughs> the... Um, there's actually a nice, clean kind of uh, metric that somebody, somebody, one, um, one of the nation's um, uh, analysts put out, said that one large-scale nuclear reactor puts out about one gigawatt. So this is the equivalent of building ten large-scale nuclear reactors Go in China. the last three in the last three months. Go China! <laughs> Check that out. Check well, that yes, out. yes, yes, and no, um, because it's it's becoming a serious problem there that where their re where their renewable energy resources are are not necessarily where their consumption centers are it's it's like most places you know we have tons of wind across the uh the central united states but a lot of the population centers are on the coasts right yeah so how do you get that power from here to there you need large-scale transmission lines and this is where china is really lagging behind they're having problems rolling out um transmission capacity between and so they're actually facing curtailment like uh mongolia stands out as being one of the worst offenders where they have 75 gigawatts that's 75 large-scale nuclear power plants uh -huh. but they only have 20 gigawatts of peak demand that's peak demand right in this in the same province and china's big right so they so gotta move it they, they, they gotta move it somewhere else but that's basically means that 55 gigawatts <laughs> can potentially be curtailed <laughs> like just shut, shut off there's so much so it, doesn't, it doesn't matter how much they're installing if they can't use it and and that's that's their biggest problem right now is pushing it around that's, so lesson yeah. lesson to be learned there well you is know it, that they really need to, to to look at that there are other aspects of this besides throwing up slapping up a whole bunch of panels there you go i don't want to get bogged down in this but i will say two interesting nope. quick things about this the uh the you know of course andre i just talked about those one meg one megavolt lines is that what they were working with the metrics yep. but these huge yeah. lines running from west to shanghai right and uh, mm -hmm. so it looks like you know they're they're working on it but i guess they haven't really got the arteries all set up throughout china so yeah no it's not it's not even close to done that's that's their biggest problem of course, wireless uh, is around the corner no <laughs> no tesla was working on that not not tesla actual nikola tesla uh the scientist um yeah. so anyway all right <laughs> so let's go what's going on with really india India, India is big. Uh, made the news for 2017 as the second largest installer of, of capacity with 9.6 gigawatts, uh, lagging well behind China's total 2017 of 53 gigawatts. 53. Oh my God! Point one. But but beating out Jeez, North America. Huh? North America it's entirety, in its entirety. The U.S. is actually on here. I'm surprised to see Japan on the list of top five, which is actually really, really cool. They're down from last year, but still installing seven gigawatt. But that's a lot because geographically, yeah, Japan given the is scale. small. It's, it, yeah, given the scale of this of, spike of the has got to be directly related to lot. Fukushima and, and the movement. So we, you know, just a major, uh, that's, yeah, major and movement. that's actually the reason why they're down is because there's a huge wave of adoption early on, right after the Fukushima events, and then um, it's kind of, it's kind of, it, it hasn't been. 
st- it hasn't stopped, but it's right. definitely been slowing down because a lot of people that were going to buy it already bought it. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so that's our um, our, our global. Yeah, Jay, are we have anything else yep. for global yep. here? Are we good? Real easy. Nope, global's global's well, good. Let's we're going to gonna move on to national news. This is fun. Uh, the Sunshine State for the uninitiated. That's Florida. <laughs> <laughs> now, for a long time, Florida, the Sunshine State, has not actually had a really good way to um, lease solar energy products. Their their legislation was written as such that it protected the utility um, from from competition. No third party was allowed to sell electricity at all. So a standard standard PPA, as we know them, PPA is power purchase agreement, which means you you pay uh, another company for the power instead of Miko or whoever your power, your local utility happens to be. Um, it was it was legal to do it, and so they couldn't um, put these these solar systems in, which is part of what we're going to talk about is financing and having third parties kind of take ownership and doing things. Um, now they've just finally passed a passed legislation that allows third parties to put in a lease but it's not structured like a normal lease you know it's mm. it's actually a lease of equipment as opposed to power so oh, the power so, generation yeah. it's, it, the power generation is actually out of it like the performance guarantee and everything else that usually goes into these leases are all removed oh so it's they're simply, going back to a strict kind lease, of lease model versus a ppa straight straight lease so hey model i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna rent this equipment from you and when i get out of it i get out of it it's like that kind of yeah, a thing ex- exactly that and yeah. and it's although 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 it's it's been deemed legal in florida now they still that's interesting. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, Jay. Like Florida is such an interesting case here because it's you know the sunshine state. Like you said, it's ironic that there's not a lot of solar deployment out there. But I remember yep. back in '15, a couple of my friends from maybe it was around '16 in that territory when a couple of my friends sent me these these examples on Facebook of this uh, this these these amendments that were floating around, and yes. uh, and they were <laughs> super confusing. And they asked me out of the gate, "Does this look good? What do you think as a solar guy?" And I said, "Oh, it looks fine." So I I fell for the bait myself. And, and yeah, I, yeah, yeah, and I was completely wrong. Well, I didn't get two, it. The, the issue was two competing uh, things. There was a grassroots kind of movement to change the legislation legislation to allow third parties to sell electricity um, to get the leases approved. And then there was a competing amendment that was paid for by lobbyists yeah. uh, this to, is, the tune of, to the tune of $25 million. This is sketchy, guys. Uh, <laughs> this is sketchy. This was, is, and, yeah. and bear in mind, you might remember this name, Florida Power and Light. Right. Those guys, yep, I believe yep. they're owned by Nextera. Right. A company that we've heard yep. of uh, a couple times yep. out here in, in our environment. So uh, well, they, they were they were trying to acquire our utility a while. Right. <laughs> right. And still poking around, as I understand it, trying to get engaged yep. outside here. So, uh, yeah. Well, well, good. I mean, hey, congratulations to Florida for getting some action here. Maybe we'll start to see uh, this new uh, you know lease model actually take shape out there and get some wide sweeping deployments. That'd be awesome. So uh, yeah. what else is going on? Let's talk about Hawaii a little bit, Jay. Hawaii's great. Uh, you know, we're we're doing really well out here. Um, everybody knows it because you see so much solar and all these all, all these the wind installs that we've put in and stuff. We actually have a bit of an issue as well. Same deal. We can't store all the energy we produce during the day for use later in the evening. Um, so that's that's something we really need to focus on. But there's this lovely article um, a, on Clean Technica: a Renewable Energy Future in Hawaii Faster Than We Thought. Uh, and, and it's it's very blue sky, you know, all these things we've we've achieved um, it, would, it would actually be they crunch a decent amount of numbers. They throw a lot of numbers out here. Um, but the more 
we actually roll out these renewables quicker, we can actually save money. And the reason why is because oil is priced such out here that uh, it really makes more sense to roll out a whole lot of renewables now rather than pay for the next 15 years of oil while we slowly adopt the renewable technology. It's actually cheaper. Um, unfortunately, the article kind of ignores like every all all the lessons that we've learned from Germany and what's going on in China and everything else, um, the the instability issues that come with these intermittent sources. <laughs> you know, it only mm. works during the day if it's solar. Uh, there are other options, of course, um, and that's why we we I dug up this counterpoint article, which was. Um, from Green Biz, and it won't be easy, but Hawaii should speed up its transition. So both of these articles were um, kind of spurned on by this Elemental Accelerator report that was released on Friday, and the and the report says that we've we've done a, a made big strides, uh, but we have. Um, a, a, a long way to go and it would actually again it would actually be cheaper and these are this is where those actual numbers came from is this full full report mm-hmm. um but they talk a lot about adding wind and batteries um perhaps hydro whatever it makes sense um as opposed to the importation of oil and that's really really what needs to happen is we need to have more focus on the infrastructure we need to have more focus on storage technologies of some kind because right now we're 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 hitting a point where where some of the islands actually can generate more than they need during the day hmm. but then what do they do at night when, when you know the this is always down? the conversation even on like the the micro level with the homeowner it's like well i'll just wait and see i think storage prices are going to come down i'll keep paying my my bills now i'll keep paying you know I'll, I'll, let me let me see how it goes but usually when you when you dig into the math of it it doesn't really uh pencil out very good right doesn't pencil out very well you you need to start making the change when you make it earlier you start to you start to uh you know uh, reduce the amount of money you're exporting in 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 fuel costs in the case of the big the the macro level or in the case of the individual you just reduce those uh those those electric bills and you get right on the road to energy savings so it seems like making a shift exactly that and 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 you're going to have to be able to change those batteries out of whatever traditional warranty is like 10 years now right um so the battery the batteries need to be changed out um it's it's still cheaper 10 years worth of battery use versus 10 years worth of imported in and oil of itself. Is, in and of itself is cheaper right? yeah, yeah is, is i can cheap. see that for sure um and and so that's that's what's going on here and then of course you have the um all the jobs that are created and and the interesting thing about the report that came down was that the jobs are you could create 3,500 new jobs statewide. To hmm. give some perspective, give some perspective, um, there are only 2,700 uh, auto mechanics in the state of Hawaii. Wow! So, so yeah. it's it's large. It's larger larger than an entire and industry. They're good, and they're good paying jobs industry. too. And they're good paying jobs. Yeah. That's the thing. That's 25 percent more than any a, a current competing fossil fuel based energy job. So. All right. Good, so, sal- good, good salaries and more jobs all around. So it might be in our best interest to at least take a look at accelerating this this uh, rollout of renewable sources. They got, they got my vote for the acceleration. Okay. So what about yeah, what's going well, on in Maui? Let's jump right into Maui. Speaking of uh, accelerating, we got a good thing happening here with UH Maui, huh? <laughs> Maui College. Uh, we talked about this uh, this deal being uh, kind of penciled out uh, a number of episodes ago, but they finally signed it on the hood of a car <laughs> at the crater <laughs> Haleakala. Uh, <laughs> Um, a $6.3 million deal for on-site solar energy and battery storage for Maui College. Um, so this is this is fantastic. They've actually got the panels um, on their way. They've made their way out of the New Mexico facility, and they are in Texas being 
crate it up for shipping. <laughs> so 2.8 megs, that's a fair bit of solar. They've already got about you know 600 kilowatts or something on those cardboards back there. Uh, yep. So I wonder where all that's going. Uh, you know, the, car, the, the, car, the cardboards have actually been really, really good for them. Uh, it was a, uh, able to offset about 30% of their total energy, right. but that turns out to be like $37,000 annually mm -hmm. that they were already able to save. And the additional incoming will probably put them at like 98%. 98%. That's almost right there to net zero. Yeah, we're, we're so close. They're so close. So that last 2%, they're, they're going to try to um, find it somewhere yeah. right, by just by, by con conservation. And, of course, the conversation goes, well, if you can do 2%, why can't you do 10 or 15? <laughs> <laughs> you got to love it's that last that last little hurdle is a tough one. But you got to love the fact that this is right here in Maui, uh, that it's happening yep. here. And like like as, as as often is the case, a lot of firsts, you know, uh, just like uh, Sharon Suzuki from the utility was saying that, you know, first uh, light yep. bulb in Hawaii was lit here by uh, Klaus Spreckles uh, over yep. in Spreckelsville, yep. right even before Yolani Palace. So, uh, yeah, yep, good. Good job, Maui. As always, great to see uh, the the progress here uh, at UH Maui College. Well, again, uh, it makes sense for them because they're they're um what the the island's largest electricity consumer <laughs> gotcha is it really pay, the colleges a, the colleges they pay oh. about they pay about 1.5 million dollars a year i think i know someone that's more than that besides the county okay yeah okay <laughs> it's for, and it's a grand place <laughs> if you can oh, imagine what okay. i'm talking about okay so yeah, got it uh hey anyway, we, we did forget one statewide news which was the bill uh, the act, right? Uh, SB two nine three nine. I didn't want to cover didn't that. Forget beforehand. about it. But we wanted. We want to. We want to talk about that. We want to chew on this one a little bit. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, two nine three nine is is. It's actually pretty short. If you have the opportunity, to go and read it. Um, again, it's SB two nine three nine. But it is. It, as I read it, it's basically a mandate to the PUC to establish performance incentives and penalties uh, that tie achievable revenue for the utility to performance targets as opposed to investment. Right now, the legislation is written, written as such that they um, their, their revenue, the revenue that they're allowed to garner, is um, directly tied to how much they invest in right. in stuff. And so they just pay for random random projects so to be able to change, spend money so that they can make more. Right. If that doesn't change, they can just spend money like i said they spend go money build on, a, they on, go build the peaker plant even though it doesn't make sense right right yeah it doesn't make sense to, right. to invest in oil anymore but they're doing it because so they're they aligning they're aligning the incentives of the utility with uh, it looks like there were these kind of with the, uh, renew with the renewable energy goals that's right. the issue is that's that number six we make right? sure we want to make sure that they are um, truly focused on um, the consumer and our safety and energy security, as opposed to just blindly spending money. Right, and that's wonderful. And it's but this this bill is so short because basically it's it's just saying that hey, the PUC will do this by January first, twenty twenty. Yeah, please establish please, the please. performance in performance incentives yeah. and penalty mechanisms to tie the electric utility revenues to the yeah. utilities' achievement. There's, a, there's another one in here. Did you read number five? I thought number five was really number five. Um, access to Utility system information. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's 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 kind of interesting, and it can be as deep as I mean that they they actually want uh, aggregated data and individual access to granular information about individual customers' own energy use. Now, I don't know how detailed that goes, but that's like consumption monitoring for everybody. Is that sounds, is that what I'm reading? Sunshine is the best <laughs> antiseptic, Jay. 
That's what we're seeing uh, right here. Just, just expose it. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of puns there. Okay, great. Well, it looks like we were able to wrap up our news. Uh, we did yep. want to frame a little bit of this uh, exciting conversation we have coming on with Brendan. You know, and yep. part of the the kind of the you know if we and we're not going to get into too much detail here, but we did want to give a little bit of a background of how people buy their systems and finance their systems, so we can yep. kind of understand what's going on today. And then Brendan's going to give us a, kind of the inside scoop, which we're really excited about. You know, but you know, effectively, when NEM programs came online about a decade ago, this allowed people to buy systems that were had a great return on investment. And they could use, they had tax credits, and they could get up to 65%, typically it's about 50%, but 65% between federal and state tax credits to really uh, drive home the return on investment. So they either used yeah. cash or they took out a loan, you know, and it wasn't easy with the cat. It wasn't easy to uh, to get loans early on because people are like photovoltaic, solar. What's this? I'm gonna loan on a solar. Banks didn't know what it was. They're not gonna give you a loan right? on it. If, if you don't pay your bills, <laughs> we're gonna do come out and rip them off your house. You know, they didn't want to loan on this stuff until they started to understand it better and better. You know, people used HELOCs, home equity lines, line of credits. That was a good lines of credit. That was a good way to uh, to get financing for a solar system. Later on down the road, some short term loans became kind of ubiquitous, like in credit unions and local banks, and but they were typically like five. Seven, maybe ten-year loans, and it was tough to get positive cash flow. So you 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 have to kind of still be kind of paying more for your loan than you were for your your electric bill, and people didn't like that. Yep. They wanted to see positive cash flow, you know. So along came right. the PPAs and the leases, and those were typically around a twenty-year term. And the way they were structured is another company would get your tax credits, but they would give you a lower rate for energy, typically. Or at least that's the way it worked right. out in Hawaii, you know. And that was yep. zero down. You could do a monthly. You could do a down payment plus a monthly. There was different ways to do it, right? You. Could do yep. a, um, uh, you could do a prepaid even where you paid paid all of your lease payments up front. People often thought they owned it, but they didn't actually. You know, oh. um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all these different models happened over the years. Um, you know, and then uh, we, we just got into the place where we started to see some leases on solar plus battery, like the Sunrun Brightbox program. That was kind of one of the earliest ones to offer a battery lease or a PPM. I think it's structured as a lease. Um, and then, you know, obviously over the course of the last couple of years, we started to see 20-year financing come online. So ownership models that looked a little bit like a lease or a PPA, PPA meaning power purchase agreement, lease meaning, you know, a lease of the equipment. These 20-year these financing programs, they came online uh, and dividend is an example example of one who we're, who we're going to talk to a representative in a moment but uh you know you could without any money out of pocket you could keep your tax credits you could pay uh, a monthly amount for uh, that loan and you could see positive cash flow typically right mm -hmm. uh which is really a, a, a really an attractive way to do it for most people right so um this is kind of more of a recent thing we're tending to see this movement in the in the nation this trend towards 20-year financing over uh third-party ownership sometimes we call it tpo which is both either a bpa release right a lot of companies out there yep. are doing this, you know, like Mosaic's offering financing. Uh, Vivint has a, uh, a, I think it's a PPA or lease model. Sonova's another company. Um, Sunrun, of course, we talked about those guys. And Dividend is a great company that uh, Maui Solar Project has a relationship with. And we're going to learn all about uh, Dividend. Uh, Brendan's going to give us a great uh, uh, explanation. And then we'll be able to dig into how all this, this machine actually operates, which I'm super excited to hear about. So let's jump into our commercials and we'll come back right online with Brendan Keene from Dividend Solar. Right. Aloha and welcome to Maui Solar Project. It is easy to feel rejuvenated just stepping outside on a magnificent Hawaiian day. Maui Solar Project is here to help harness that energy you feel in your body and use it to power your homes and businesses. As Laura tells us, Maui harnessed the sun so as to slow its path across the sky. Join Maui Solar Project as we harness the sun's energy and slow Hawaii's dependence on fossil fuels. 
call Maui Solar Project at 269-2352. MauiSolarProject.org. Tabuchi Electric, a leading worldwide inverter manufacturer, presents the second generation of the eco-intelligent battery system, the IBIS. Tabuchi's grid-friendly system includes a high-efficiency inverter, stackable batteries, and integration with Jelly software for the most adaptable battery storage system on the market. The system is optimized for energy management and cost performance. Maximize your solar investment with Tabuchi's electric eco-intelligent battery system. The Sonin Battery Eco is an energy storage solution that utilizes intelligent energy management software. The system is available in a variety of storage capacities and allows for expansion. Sonin Battery Eco allows you to save money by harvesting energy from your solar PV system and using that stored energy when rates are more expensive. Sonin Battery Eco is specifically designed to provide you and your family peace of mind in the event of power outage. Our unique power detection system will sense outages in real time and automatically switch over to battery power. See Sonin Battery Eco at sonin-battery.com. MIT-founded Pika Energy, makers of the Pika Energy Island, a smart energy management system that uses solar panels, lithium batteries, and intelligence to manage your energy and keep you powered even during outages. With a clean, intelligent alternative to grid power, you're in control of your energy future. Pika's Energy Island lets you manage electrical costs with HECO-ready self-supply functions. Pika's largest battery, the Harbor Plus, offers 16 kilowatt hours of stored energy and can power loads of up to 10 kilowatts. And if you need more capacity, just add a second or even third Harbor Smart battery to the same system for a maximum of 48 kilowatt hours of usable storage. Pika Energy, own your power. To learn more, visit pika-energy.com. Sundrum Solar is the manufacturer of a revolutionary thermal collector that fits on the underside of your standard PV panel to maximize energy capture per square foot. The Sundrum Solar Hybrid PVT system combined photovoltaic and thermal holds the world record for peak efficiency, capturing an astounding 86% usable energy. Learn how Sundrum Solar vastly improves electric, heating, and cooling economics at sundrumsolar.com. Okay, so those were our wonderful sponsors, Jay. Uh, those are the guys that keep the solar coaster on air. Yep, keep us rolling. Appreciate your sponsors. Thank you so much. All right, so we're going to bring in Brendan Keene now. Uh, so, yeah, we got him online. Hello, Brendan. Welcome to the solar coaster. Josh, Jay, many thanks for having me on board tonight. Uh, we're really Do excited. appreciate to, it. Yeah, we're really excited to have you on board. And, uh, yeah, kind of uh, uh, just super stoked to understand kind of the role that you play in this industry. Now, Brendan, you've got a, you're, you're working on Wall Street. Are you actually calling from, from like, near the bull right now? Well, I love the fact that you referred to me as the bull. I love that one. <laughs> very, very complimentary. Uh, I'm actually, Josh, from your home state here in New Jersey, so that's why I said good evening. So close to Wall Street, but I work both in San Francisco, where Dividend is headquartered, uh, and also on the East Coast. Okay, got it, got it. And then can you tell us a little bit about um, you know, the, the, the role that you play with Dividend, and then kind of how your background and how you got involved with this? Yeah, sure. So at Dividend, we are, we'll talk about this in a little bit, we're involved in the solar finance business, and my background involves a combination of, I was an attorney, credit ratings analyst, as well as an investment banker. So if you want to hold that against me, that's fine. I get it. <laughs> uh, but as, as Dividend and a number of our other colleagues in the business try to tap into the Wall Street um, and sort of the, I'll call it big boy and big bank environment, mm. having a structured finance background has helped me to work with Eric White, our CEO, who co-founded uh, the company. And so as we move into a bigger and bigger, bigger platform uh, for financing, uh, you have to have a combination of backgrounds. And so legal credit and investment banking helps in that. 
Right. Got it. Got it. Okay. So you makes really... a lot of sense. So dividend is completely in uh, like focused on renewable energy, solar specifically. Yeah, absolutely. So we have a um, uh, combination of uh, solar for the residential world. We also do yep. pace lending uh, for both commercial and residential. And we also recently introduced uh, a home improvement energy efficiency program. Oh, great. Nice. So, yeah, that's uh, uh, having access to bring more products to be able to fund more types of products for the home, right? So things like HVAC and, and uh, efficiency retrofits and things of that nature. Yeah, exactly. Oh, excellent, excellent. We're seeing more of that diversification out here in the industry, you know, with like solar-powered air conditioning systems, you know, uh, various types of uh, new technology. So, all right, so um, you're, you've got this great background. You're, you're kind of, it sounds to me like you're kind of like a conduit between dividend and the markets, uh, and you're, you're helping find the, find the money that kind of supports this, 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 uh, this, this industry or this move towards, uh, you know, uh, lending uh, uh, for, for solar. Can you tell us a little bit about kind of, uh, you know, how you do your job on a day-to-day -day basis and some of the things that have been happening uh, recently? Yeah, sure. So at Dividend, we have, given the number of different programs we have, although predominantly it's, it is in residential solar, you know, our hope and our expectation and our vision, if you will, is to expand not just our program but the solar industry in general. And really the bottom line is if you have greater institutional involvement, whether it's banks, investors, that basically means you have companies like Dividend that can offer more solutions for homeowners to realize the benefits of renewable energy. It's a pretty simple equation. Right. And were, were you, I mean, have you spent the last few years, like I tend to imagine you, you know, at a, at a desk with some suspenders and lobbying banks to kind of accept solar as a good investment. I mean, what's it look like? What do you, what do you actually, you know, how has it been a process to try to get these, uh, these <laughs> banks to get to this level? I mean, what's it been like? Was it, were there earlier days where they were, they were just like, hey, we're not going to, we're not, we're not so confident in this? And has it changed significantly over the last couple of years? You know, it's a great point. You, you were talking earlier about Florida and their move on the utility side with PPAs. And really what we've seen in, on the, let's call it the Wall Street side of life, has been a greater adoption and really an understanding of the asset class. And what do I mean by the asset class? I mean solar loans. And understanding the consumer aspect, the homeowner aspect, and the, really the bottom line aspect too, which is homeowner savings, when it comes to their utility bills. So that's but, that's but one of the core I did things. Have, I went from suspenders and a bow tie maybe <laughs> to jeans and a t-shirt. So <laughs> nice. That way. That's that's the San Francisco influence. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, and I may have a dog running around me underneath, but that's fine. <laughs> nice, nice. I've taken so, the collar off mine, so I can jingle, yeah. <laughs> okay, so, uh, and you mentioned right there, you said that one of the core aspects is the kind of the nature of the loan and who's 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 borrowing the money and the fact that they're saving money when they uh, on their electric bills uh, is a part of the reason why these banks are getting kind of more, uh, I guess, uh, liberal in lending uh, to this space. Is that what's happening? Yeah, so you look at it in two ways. It's a pretty simple equation. You have your loan payment plus your utility bill. When you add those two together, on balance, they should be less than your old utility bill, right? So let's say the consumer is saving maybe 25% a month mm -hmm. um, on the utility bill when you add the two together. And so Wall Street and the banks, uh, large institutions, they like not just the savings aspect, but the profile of the borrower. So at dividend, we have what we call high FICO borrowers. Uh, they right. tend to have very good credit and good credit attributes. And so you put those two together, the savings and the credit quality of the borrower, and then also the, you know, the nature of the system, the quality of the system, the 
partners that we work with, like Maui Solar Project, mm. all top-notch. You put those three together, and Wall Street has become increasingly comfortable with the asset class. Got it. So they're comfortable with the fact that the technology is going to do what it's supposed to do. It's going to be installed correctly. It's going to save money. And the, and the profile of the people that are uh, uh, taking on these loans are they're, they're credit worthy, right? They're very credit worthy. They have good backgrounds and good kind of prospects of paying it back. So what I'm hearing is that that creates a low risk environment and they're more and more willing to fund. Is that basically it? I should call you the bull. Exactly right. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, we won't get into that. But uh, all right. So uh, okay, cool. Well, where do we go from here? So um, what about you know we, we we talked a little about leases before, and there's definitely this move towards uh, loans. And I know that there like over the course of the last couple of years, there was um, you know we started to see this 20 year lending, which allowed for that positive cash flow, uh, which was very exciting, right? And so um, uh, from your perspective, from dividends perspective, or from Brendan, you know even Brendan's perspective, how do you feel about this loan versus lease conversation? Well, I think it really it makes a compelling argument for the homeowner, right? Because they own, if you want to call it, their future savings themselves, and they can realize upon that savings over the life of a system. And as a dividend and you know, the other companies that you mentioned earlier, uh, Jay, we're, we're looking at 30-year systems and eventually loans that are inside of 30 years. So the consumer really should be able to realize the, the benefit and the savings over that life, you know, that shorter life of the loan relative to the system. And as we look at trying to obtain financing for us, the real benefit is, well, if we attract, let's call it Wall Street money, and we call it cheaper capital or capital in general, that's something that we can pass through to the homeowner in the way of two things, uh, lower interest rate or lower coupons on the loans that they take out, as well as you just mentioned the 20-year product, in a dividend we have both a 12 and a 20. So it's a flexibility mm -hmm. in terms of the different payment mm -hmm. structures and different programs that, we're, that we can afford to, to provide to those homeowners. Okay, and then so um, prior to the cheap money or the Wall Street money that you had mentioned, uh, what, what were, we, were, we, were we getting most of the funds for these loans from like uh, private equity or what types of buckets of money was coming in and how has that shifted, if at all? Yeah, so you see more mainstream money come in um, relative to private equity or hedge funds that has a higher cost associated with it. Mm -hmm. And as you take that and you dovetail it into the, the switch or the, the switch over to loans versus leases, that's made it more affordable. So just let me, not to put you guys to sleep here, because Wall Street can be kind of boring at times, but if you look at last year, 2017, mm -hmm. We really saw the first year where a big switch from leases to what I would call the empowerment of the consumer, where almost 60% of all residential solar that was financed was through loans. That's the number. Leases. Oh, wow. That's 60%. That's a big number. Big switch. Yeah. And if you look at that just on its own, from 2016, that's almost an 81% increase in solar loans year over year. So we're seeing that trajectory continue. Wow. And we don't see any reason why that should stop. I'll, t I'll talk about a couple of headwinds in a moment, but right. really it's, on a, it's really on a good growth so, path. So from like 15 to 17, can we say there was a, a almost like a flip in terms of like was, was third party or TPO or, or PPAs or leases, all that same bucket of conversation, was that dominant? And then by, by the time we got to 17, now we're seeing that loans are dominant? Is that what's happened? You're, you're it doesn't seem, you're exactly right. 
Josh. That's remarkable. You're right on point. Completely flipped over. That's remarkable. And I remember, you know, back in, I think, 15, we were doing a lot of leases. So, you know, we, of course, over the years, that became more and more popular. Some of the companies that were doing pretty solid leases or PPAs were like uh, SunPower, for example. That was an organization that we spent a lot of time working with. And uh, they were great values. I remember them. And they, but, but, you know, at the end of the day, there was this, you know, you're, you're, you're not owning your system, and specifically the SunPower lease. That one, the uh, homeowners never got a chance to own, uh, whereas some of them, they'd have a, a transition of that asset over, you know, at one point uh, along the uh, life cycle. Um, but, you know, uh, we definitely saw a lot of that business in, I'd say, 2014, 2015. And then out here, of course, we got our own issues with them going away at the tail end of 15, so it kind of changed the whole conversation anyway. Um, but, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, just add one point to that, Josh. You know, I'm not saying that leases are, are a bad choice for consumers, but it just, that in our view, a dividend loans and ownership make it a more compelling Absolutely. opportunity for I, homeowners. I, I tend to agree. I think my perspective has always been that it's one, it, you know, it was one tool in a toolbox, but I think that it was a bit overused back in 14 and 15. You know, so uh, it, it, would yeah. make, it could make sense. You know, for if you had a family that didn't have the opportunity to exercise tax credits, uh, you know, it could be like a retired couple, for example, or who knows what the situation was. But there was some compelling situation where, like, you know, at least kind of makes sense for you. Um, but, uh, but I think it was overused. That's kind of my personal take as an installer out here. And I love the fact that we're seeing uh, ownership models. Models take shape, and you know it works for uh, works for home ownership. And you know it should work for your your energy as well. So uh, let's get a sense for um, some of those headwinds you mentioned. I'm interested to, to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, so I say they're headwinds, but they're really not that strong. They're by no means gale force, um, and at some point they'll switch and they'll be at our back. Probably two. Um, we had you know the, the federal investment tax credit or the ITC. Right now, it's at 30%, and for your viewers, or your, sorry, your listeners, that entitles yeah. an owner of a, a system a credit of about 30% of their system cost. That number will go down to zero in 2021, unless it's reinstated. Right. Uh, we think no, it has been extended a couple times at this point. I mean, what, do, do we, yeah. how, do we feel, how do we feel about it being extended again? Oh, yeah. <laughs> any, any guidance on that? <laughs> yeah, well... Now you're asking for a political show. And that, that <laughs> yeah, no, we try not to do that when we don't have to. It's just it, <laughs> it has been extended in the past, and I would I would hope it would continue until we're at a at a pretty good rate of adoption. But yeah, it, it, it's it's very hard to, to read those tea leaves. You're right, um, but I think as we you know we started the tea leaves in the cup. I think what happens is the impact is relatively low. Uh, right. The number of our customers and across the board, you know, they'll still be receiving a net cost benefit even without the ITC even assuming it goes all the way to zero. Mm -hmm. So we think that's going to be relatively muted. Uh, the second aspect, we talk about political, uh, with the Suniva, the trade case. And I know you guys have talked mm -hmm. about this on yeah. some of your prior shows. The Trump administration levied a 30% tariff on solar cells that are made in China. And again, we think that over time will be a relatively muted impact. One, the tariff percent that declines each year by 5%. It expires in four years. And really, the, the important thing here is systems are only about 15% of the overall, the panels are only about 15% right. of the overall system cost. Right. So the net impact at its highest level is going to be about 5%. Right. So as an installer, you guys can appreciate this, but we think those two headwinds, whether it's the trade case or it's the ITC decline, again, I think those are outweighed by the fact that if we all step back and remember, solar alone is one of the few financing options where a borrower obtains loan to save money. 
This is a great point, as opposed to like a car, for example, it's a depreciating asset. So you get a loan, and that thing is not is worth less and less and less, right? But the loan is what it is. So, uh, in, yeah, that's that's a that's a great example. It's kind of a very unique uh, product to get a loan for that has some unique benefits, right? That's the that's the big the big takeaway. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't have said it any better. Okay, okay, excellent. So now that we have, uh, I think it says here, uh, the, the big boys coming into the market and providing these great rates and more uh, funding for these uh, systems, does that enable the industry to make further uh, to, to, to to ramp up to accelerate the adoption of renewable energy? And I mean, what's your what's your thought on that? Do you feel like it'll give? Is it is does it does it put a lot of uh, additional kind of uh, momentum into the industry itself? Oh, absolutely. Um, well, you said I'm the bull, so I'll, I'll take the bull stance <laughs> for a second here. Yeah, I think if the top line sort of headline I would say is that with greater institutional involvement by banks and investors, that means companies like Dividend can we can offer more solutions right to homeowners and to be able to realize the benefits of renewable re- renewable energy. We do that in a few ways. Uh, we can now that the asset class you, you referred to this before is more accepted. The larger banks are more willing to finance us as a corporate entity. Hmm. We can sell loans that we originate that frees up our ability to offer more loans to, to folks, whether they're in Hawaii or across the country. We, we originate in, in 31 states around the, around the country. We can also securitize loans, and that's where we get into that esoteric sort of Wall Street Vernacular, yeah, actually, kind of really interesting. That does enable us to have a, several more options now. So, when you securitize a loan, can you give us? I mean, so I, I, one of the conversations you're going to immediately fact, adopt this vocabulary, aren't you? Oh yeah, Jay, Jay knows I'm a language guy, so I'm gonna, like I'm going to say securitize like a hundred times this weekend. But, but when you it's when you securitize these loans, so one of the concerns, <laughs> one of these concerns, one of the the areas of kind of discussion we've had about uh, all of this paper out there. Is it going to be traded? Uh, could we start to see some, uh, you know, kind of on the concern, the, the caveats here? Could we see something akin to a CDO? Could we start to see debt getting sold on the markets? Does that create any instability and volatility we should be aware of? Uh, I, I think I, I understand where this conversation might go, but I'm really interested to hear your take on it. That's a great question. Um, we've all lived through the crisis, myself included, having been on the investment banking side. And what we hope is that all the parties who are stakeholders in the machine, as you referred to it before, have learned their lesson. Now, have they learned all the lessons? No. But have they learned the lessons that can really put things in place to make sure that we don't have um, an overabundance of euphoria, where you have investors, you Mm. have the rating agencies, you have issuers like Dividend and others who are getting out over their skis. What we've experienced at Dividend, and we've done two securitizations now, most recently we closed one last week, the diligence component that goes behind our management team, our installer partner network, particularly like with Maui Solar Project, um, the loans themselves, and what I referred to before, the credit aspects of the borrowers, there are a lot of stop gaps in place to ensure that we don't in- involve a situation like what we had with the mortgage crisis in 2008, 2007. So we're not gonna we're not gonna see any irrational exuberance when it comes to solar loans. 
I certainly hope not. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> and I can tell you, not a dividend. <laughs> okay, fantastic, fantastic. You know, so it, it, let me. You know, um, I've used uh, the dividend. We've actually been in touch with dividend for for a long time now. And uh, one of the things that I found really remarkable about the product, about the the software tool, I was talking to Jay because he's an IT guy, a software guy, and I was like, it's just really easy to use. It's super intuitive. It's almost like yeah, one page. It to me like super dynamic. It's very dynamic. Uh, website yeah. Where you just plug in things, it will it will morph itself into whatever you need for the particular product and the data that you're you're feeding in. Yeah, so it's a great it's a great portal is my point, right? I really we, I've, we, never, I've industry, never used it though. We in the industry really appreciate that and for a guy that's generally training a sales team, it's pretty intuitive and easy to work with. So, we certainly uh, uh, have found that dividends a great and kind of, you know, really functional and intuitive tool to work with. So, that's pretty cool. Is that is that part of do you have like a, a strong software side of the business or is it is that part of the influence that's out in San Francisco or I mean, I, how did that come about? Yeah, absolutely. So, there are a number of influences and, and thank goodness it's not the Wall Street aspect that I deliver that drives the business, it really is the financial technology behind all that. Our uh, platform and our portal with the 700 installers that we use around the country, it helps really complement, we have the customer experience, and then there's the installer experience. And right. It's our installers who really effectively help connect us with customers. So when Maui Solar Project is looking at different options for you know, their homeowners, Having that technological capability is not just huge, it's massive for us. And that ease of use, but also what I was talking about before in terms of not getting over our skis, yeah. making sure from a credit aspect as it relates to the consumer, we're doing the right job at dividend to ensure that we're qualifying the borrower for a loan, one, that they need, two, mm. that they can afford, and three, that all in makes sense. But being able to deliver the technological aspect which is definitely a San Francisco-based aspect, um, you know, to the consumer, but really to folks like Maui Solar Project. That's fantastic. So we've uh, Brendan out here in in Maui. It's actually a really uh, kind of fun and exciting time in the industry you know this is uh, uh the name of our show is the solar coaster uh, kind of uh referencing the volatility of the industry that we're a part of and uh but out here right now there are these i would say kind of larger buckets of approved or kind of available uh, utility approved programs we have things we have consumer self-supply which is an on-grid battery solar program where you don't backfeed any energy we have cgs plus which is a uh, theoretically uh, potentially curtailed uh kind of uh, backfeeding program, but with kind of low low on the rank order to uh, uh, list of curtailments from the utility perspective. The tariffs are reduced, right. though, so it's you're not getting nearly right. as much of the credit. And no roving credits, you know, but CGS Plus is yeah. there, so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a low, uh, ca you know, ca you know, you don't have to put a lot of money into it in order to get that as opposed to, you know, the battery programs. And then sure. we also have NEM expansion, which is all the existing net metering systems can now be expanded through this kind of really interesting uh, model that the utilities put together and the PCs put together. We also have something called uh, Smart Export, which allows us to um, clients to sell, homeowners to sell energy to the to the to the grid. Uh, so we got all these kind of buckets of, of proof programs out here. And can we can 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 homeowners just just to get in the in the kind of in the mind in the in the kind of shoes I should say of the homeowner out here? Can they use dividend for a lot of these types of programs? Is it pretty ubiquitous? Uh, does it work for batteries? Does it work for? I mean, I know that it does because we're using it. But you know, what are the what are the kind of uh, parameters? Well, you talk about vernacular, ubiquitous. That's a big word for me. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I think what we're seeing as we're looking at, uh, we go from leases, let's say, to, to solar loans and, and just solar in general, we're seeing programs, uh, whether they be financing programs or the assets themselves being funded, really expanding. So 
storage, batteries, roofing. We talked about you mentioned before about uh, windows, storm protection. Uh, that all goes into the energy efficiency element, uh, which we offer now at Dividend in terms of to be able to finance that. So you're really starting to see the natural progression of the uh, the money or the Wall Street uh, financing coming on board and getting much more comfortable with each of the different programs that address each of the different borrower and in your case the installer needs. Got it, got it. Okay, so um, we're kind of close, kind of rounding out the the conversation here, Brendan. It's been really great hearing all of your perspective. What, um, and I'm sure Jay will jump in if he's got some last last minute bits. He looks like he might. But uh, is there are there any last kind of uh, things that you'd like to share with our listener base here uh, about dividend or about what your about maybe your ideas of what's coming around the corner or how this industry is going to take shape given given this double A rated. We even talk about that actually. What, what does that double A rated uh, bond uh, mean to us? And then you know, what's come? What, what are the last bits? like to add here yeah i think you i think your listeners really need to stay close uh in terms of what you guys are delivering in terms of, of the market what's happening on on the origination side meaning the loan side and the project side uh we just issued the first double a rated bond backed by solo loan assets in the history of the industry which is a huge a huge step for us a great leap for for the market in general basically what that shows is you're seeing more comfort with investors and the capital markets in general. So really, you'll see the markets open relative to some uh, the natural extension, right, in addition mm-hmm. to solar. Mm-hmm. And it really is that large market to improve each homeowner's uh, home energy efficiency. Yeah. And whether it be HVAC or it could be storm protection and the like, that is really something that I think your listeners should really be trying to take advantage of. It's a wonderful explanation, and I really, uh, you know, when I when I when I hear this, the 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 importance and the precedence been set with this double A rated bond, I, I tend to think of the beginnings of the industry, you know, in places like Mendocino and uh, up in the <laughs> northern California woods, you know, and these guys putting together uh, solar systems, kind of in the like outback named as such, right? You know, these yep. uh, this like little kind of small little cottage industry that's turned into this just you know widespread uh, industry that's that's got the backing of of Wall Street and is now you know set to become uh, you know commonplace in kind of everyone's lives. So it's uh, the work that you're doing actually is pretty darn important, Brendan. And we got to thank you for all your hard work and getting uh, getting the uh, the money and the funding out there to kind of support the industry that we love. So we really appreciate your time and and your focus your focus here. Um, and we'll, maybe we'll get you back I, on the show. Oh, Jay's got something. Yeah, I, got, I I got one more quick. Okay. We talked a lot about <laughs> we talk a lot about a lot about residential. Um, but I'm sitting here looking at a Green Tech Media article about um, commercial solar. Commercial solar referencing not not utility stuff, but like business owners. And we have a lot of business owners in um, in Hawaii that have invested in solar energy because they consume a huge amount of energy generally during business hours, during the day, um, to offset to offset energy costs. Uh, the article I'm referring to uh, says that, that commercial solar may be 78% third-party owned by 2021. Uh, that's a huge number, considering that uh, there's, there really isn't nationally uh, a whole lot of, of, of commercial solar presence. Do you get involved in the commercial space? What are options for like business owners that are looking for solar? Uh, is it the same kind of products as the loan or lease products as you would offer to residential, or is it a different game? Jay, great question. You're stealing my strategic playbook here. But um, <laughs> uh, we right now, Dividend uh, offers uh, solutions on the commercial side through our commercial PACE programs. But, in fact, our sales team and our in- installation partners, they are really calling for a more uh, small business 
commercial project, and it makes absolute sense. I think one of the issues in small business, small business lending generally around the country has been it's a very disaggregated market. Each mm-hmm. loan is not the same. Each small business is not the same. But in, in the future, Dividend would certainly hope to be able to address that. Okay. Excellent. Again, really do appreciate it. Josh has said it all, but thank you so much. <laughs> okay, Brendan. Well, thank you again, and then uh, we'll look forward to maybe having you on uh, one day in the future. So uh, we're going to take it offline now, and uh, thanks so much to everybody at Dividend. Uh, we really do appreciate you guys. Thank you, gentlemen. Really appreciate it. All right. Take care now. Well, there you go. Excellent. The, the Excellent. inside scoop from uh, Brendan Keene over at Dividend Solar. Uh, he's a uh, bi-coastal. Kind of work in the Wall Street, San Francisco thing. Well, maybe we can get him to come a little further on, you know, right. having these folks out here. <laughs> I find it really exciting understanding how that's happening because, you know, that that really uh, paints an optimistic picture for the future of solar, despite oh, well, some of the negative things we hear in the press these days, you know, about sure, the tariffs, sure. about, you know, very, you know, press various loves things. to be negative. We've been saying the tariff right. isn't going to be that much of an issue. Um, but I mean, we it's, it's always been a, like a black box, you know? Well, you, you, you push some buttons and some money comes out, but you don't know exactly what's going on. <laughs> so it's, it's, you want to you make sure that you, you're, you're doing the right thing when you go for these, these lease or loan, loan programs. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think what's optimistic. You want to find somebody you trust. Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, what it just it it, it provides a, a for me it provides a degree of optimism here because you know that if if uh, if if Wall Street's getting behind the widespread adoption of residential solar and energy efficiency retrofits, that's the kind of mom- that's that's really the fuel we need to be able right. to uh, to get out past the couple percentage points of adoption. I mean, here in Maui, we're at you know maybe you know twenty percent and that kind of seven. Okay, <laughs> so but across the country that's it's all beginning now. Still, you know, we don't have. Right. It's not like that in every Sub state. Two. So, hopefully, um, the, the, the like I said, the hard work that Brendan and those fellows are doing out there will help to uh, make the rest of the country uh, look a little more like Maui, at least in terms of solar. <laughs> we'll get we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> okay, folks. Well, this right. has been the Solar Coaster. We're a renewable energy theme talk show right here in lovely Maui County. Uh, you can find us in KO at eleven ten a.m. Uh, in Wailuku, and uh, we are sponsored by Maui Solar Project, Tabuchi Electric America, Sonam Battery, Pika Energy and Sun Drum Solar. This is our 51st show. Next week is 52, which uh, Jay told me is not actually the anniversary. That's not the anniversary, (laughs) but but it will fill a year, which means we've been certainly a lot more than the original 13 we spec'd out. Well, we're going to have a party anyway. So (laughs) next week is going to be a fun episode. We're going to talk about how everything's been, uh, you know, the the changes in uh, in our world, in our industry, and how much has happened in a year. Good luck. All right. Aloha Friday, folks. Thanks so much for listening.